0: on this episode of This is Game Boy Light, TRIP TEAM! Hello everyone, and welcome to This is Game Boy Light episode 40. Forty light episodes. That's a lot of. That's a lot of light episodes. A lot of episodes in general. Uh, I'm e bloody candy. And before we dive into today's adorable episode, just a little bit about what I've been up to. Uh, I took a pretty small hiatus from streaming. Uh, A lot of it just from burnout, personal reasons. Just kind of had to step away from the camera for a bit. Uh, Which also meant I kind of stepped away from Twitch. In general, for a bit, so I kind of just went. I kind of just like disappeared. Like I've like fell into the shadows to not be seen for a while. Um, but in recent weeks, you probably have seen my face pop up on Twitch here and there uh, as I make the the slow crawl back out of the shadows into the streaming world again. So. Uh, we've been doing a lot of casual, just, uh, Burning Crusade Classic and Final Fantasy 14 streams, with me also streaming the Burning Crusade Classic Raids. Uh, I started playing Blackthorn for the NES here this past weekend, I got about halfway through the game. Uh, really interesting, cool game that's played with really bad controls, in my opinion. Um... Still grabbing stuff for the collection. Uh, I recently just got into possession of Poco Neon, uh, which is a game we literally just did an episode on, uh, which was a pretty tough cart to find. I uh, was pretty stoked to find it, pretty stoked to get a decent price for it. But beyond that, uh, I've been playing the new Mario Golf on the Switch. Pretty solid game, honestly. Not Not too bad. I'm not a big golf game person, but this game has been a lot of fun. Um, other than that, we, I've been dabbling with another project with Moolah, uh, and we're very, 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 very close, uh, to announce it. So I'm pretty, I'm actually really excited about that. Um, but yeah, with that, uh, quick intro, just like the game we're about to talk about. So when we come back, we're going to take a quick break. And we're gonna talk about this a quick but fascinating game. Stay tuned. Alright. Welcome back everybody. It's a tune you probably haven't you probably recognize the game, but you may have never heard that song. Uh, that is from the game over screen. So, um, so, yeah, in the early 1990s, Sunsoft could not be touched, developing some of our most memorable platformers to date. Uh, Batman was most excellent with its washed out colors, its grungy punk kind of atmosphere to it, with a head bob and soundtrack and when ported to the Game Boy, combining with Mario-esque elements, and keeping that sunsoft sound, it just makes it a must-have for a Game Boy collector. Uh, the company that brought us Blaster Master, Journey to Silius, and the very overly difficult Mr. Gimmick, also brought us many lovable games for our favorite little handheld. Trip World is a game that is featured on many lists of being an obscure or an overlooked game, Probably mostly because it was only released in Europe and Japan. Uh, This game has a very limited print in both regions, with box copies of the game fetching around hundreds to thousands of dollars. Uh, I know my copy of Trip World, I got pretty lucky with mine. I got mine for a 100 bucks, like three years ago. Um, It has gone up a lot since, I promise. (laughs) Um... Trip World was published and developed by Sunsoft in November of 1992 for the Japanese market, and Europe would see this game in 1993. Directed and programmed by Yuichi Ueda, designed by Toshihiku Narita, and composed by Phase Out, which is a group made up of Sutomu Ishida, Masayuki Iwata, and Asushi Mihiro. The game is a basic single-player platformer, and was re-released on the 3DS Virtual Console in 2011 and 2012 in Japan and Europe. No, the North American market would never see the light of this game. So the story behind Trooper is such. Uh, the Meita, Maita, Ma, 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 Maita flower from atop Mount Dubious is being stolen from an elderly Shabubu who is also kidnapped. Uh, this uh, Shabubu in this game is a bunny-like creature, not to be confused with the culinary Shabubu dish. Uh, so once it was stolen and the old man was kidnapped, cue the old creature's grandson, Yakupu, to venture out, save his grandfather, retrieve the flower, and thereby bringing peace back to the world. Trip Road at a glance appears to be nothing but a classic platformer. That's because it is. <laughs> Trip Road is made up of five... Fairly long, but very linear stages. Stage 1, you are introduced to the mountains, which is your starting world. Uh, here you get to learn how to move Yakupu left and right, to jump up on ledges, fall down little pits. But as you progress to the stage, you will also notice that there are obstacles in the way that you cannot jump onto or jump over. This is where we get to learn the unique niche of Trip World. Trip World allows you to change Yakapu into three forms. Uh, we'll go with form one, which is just normal Yakapu. It is his, his normal state. Uh, move left to right, and he can press B to kick, A to jump. Just our typical platformer. If you press up and B, however, on your controller, you can go into flying mode Yakapu, which turns transforms Yakapu into a helicopter-like creature. Where if you start tapping A, Yakupoo will actually start to fly off of the ground. And depending on how fast you mash A will depend on how much hover Yakapu will have. You can kinda of think of it as like you're playing a flappy bird. And while you're in normal Yakapoo form, if you press press, press down and B on the D pad, you will turn into a fish. Uh, this is by far the cutest form that Yakapu could have. Unfortunately, you really only get only get to see it in stages three and five. Um, however, if you tap A, you make Yakapu swim, and as the faster you type or tap type tap A, the higher Yakapu will swim up in the water. Uh, if you press B, Yakapo will shoot bubbles from its mouth, killing its enemies in front of him. The mountains in general is a very barren stage, uh, the first screen that you are loaded into there are no enemies to encounter at all, and in the second screen that you encounter you only encounter an enemy in the water which you will fly over. Uh, as you move left from the second screen and go down and move start moving right again, you will start to, uh, start to encounter more enemies, however none of the enemies will actually hurt you. Um, We'll talk more about that later. So as you fly over the spike pit, fly over the platypus, fall down the stage again, go back to the left, dodge the enemy with an umbrella. However, one fun fact about the enemy with the umbrella, if you kill them, they will drop a plant that gives you an extra life. We can talk more about that in stage 5. As you fall down again, you want to head back right again. Uh, this time you want to go into a flight mode because something cool about flying in this game or actually something cool in this game in general is that this game has a lot of momentum and actually has a lot of built-in physics put into this game so if you go into flight mode and actually start sliding down a hill and then start flying as you're sliding down a hill you actually pick up all of that speed momentum and you fly at a faster pace which may not seem important but the start of this like little screen that you have with the slope is pretty tight because there's this little like stick thing with a balloon on the end of it that if you touch will spin around and actually hit you and then there's a there's a, a cat with a spinning tail that's flying around too that just hits you and just knocks you out of the air it doesn't even hurt you. So you kind of want to be a little quick through this segment but you fly over the whole screen you land and you you go back to flight or you go back to normal mode flight mode wherever you want to do and then you go left again and this in the final screen of the game is completely barren yet again there are no enemies in the final screen and as you transition into the final final screen you will come across your first boss fight uh we call him mr miyagi because it is kind of a kung fu style fight basically what mr miyagi looks like mr miyagi looks like a giant boston cream if you don't know what a boston cream is look it up on google Uh, they are delicious uh it looks like a giant boston cream with some feet So what you want to do is basically just run in and you want to kick it like three or four times. Um, However, during the whole kicking process, Mr. Miyagi is going to move left to right on the screen, kind of jumping over Yakupoo. every once in a while doing a drop kick at Yakupoo, which can actually hurt you. Uh, Once you've kicked Mr. Miyagi three or four times, Mr. Miyagi will kind of scrunch up and fall off the screen in typical early 90s platformer action. You'll get a little victory dance, or music rather, then you'll switch over into stage two. Now stage two is the jungle. So stage two is the is the stage that introduces you to basically your first power-up in the game. Um, the power-ups in this game are in the form of either like fruit or nuts, however you kind of want to look at it. Uh, they're very standout. You, you can't miss them unless they're hidden behind the foreground object, which we'll touch base here in a second. So we want to grab this 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 power right away, which turns you into a bouncing ball. Uh, the bounce ball can be a little tricky to, to use at first. Uh, if you hold down the B button, it makes the ball jump higher, and if you tap the A button, it makes the ball move faster. Now you have to try and balance bounce and speed, because you can lose control of this bouncing ball very quickly, especially when you get to the second screen of the jungle. There is a hidden nut behind the first bush or tree uh, of the screen. And if you touch it, you turn into a micro yakupu, which is like the size of a thimble in the jungle. You move extraordinarily slow throughout the rest of the stage. And you have to jump over literally everything that's in your path. Um, Try to avoid it because it's a worthless power up. Um, If you can keep the bouncing ball all the way through, once you get past the second screen and come down, it's a very small screen here. You're going to just bounce down the hole again. And then the next screen after that, you're going to go left and you're going to bounce over like a tiki pole and basically just keep bouncing all the way until you fall down another hole again. And from here, you kind of go into like a cavern esque type scene where you want to go right. Uh, However, there is a giant cat in the way. Uh, so if you still have your bouncy ball at this point, you want to do like a hard bounce off of the angle to try and jump yourself over the cat. Otherwise, like I said, nothing hurts you in this game. So you can just keep bouncing underneath the cat until you're past it. However, be careful if you do keep the bouncing ball through this screen and go up. There are spikes on the ceiling. If you touch the spikes at all during bouncy ball mode, you will die in one hit. It doesn't matter how many you. Like I said, one hit. doesn't matter how much health you have. One hit, you are dead. The ball gets popped. Uh, As you make your way right on the screen, you're going to come across a coffee cup. Kind of weird to have a coffee cup in the middle of a cavern, but you know what? Weirder things in this world have happened. As you get up again, you're going to come across a pretty skinny uh, cavern piece here. Uh, with spikes on, the, spikes on the ceiling and a fall away floor the fall away floor is very forgiving you can walk across it and then like a second later it finally dissolves away as you keep walking right you're going to come across a giant chasm you're just going to fall down it and once you fall all the way down there's going to be a bunch of pikmin at the bottom just jumping around getting in your way and slowing you down Uh, Head left and jump down the other hole again and here you're at the very bottom of the cavern There's gonna be some water and some hills and whatnot as you make your way right through this little cavern You come across the next boss, which is what we call the Baconator So what the Baconator is he's basically like a uh, an elephant or something with a piece of bacon as a belt So this boss is pretty random on what it can do at the start Um, If the boss doesn't disappear you literally walk up and kick it and every time that you kick it it's going to start to dissolve and disappear with its bacon running across the floor. The quickest way to beat this boss is to let the bacon hit Yakapu, because once the bacon hits you the boss comes back to form and you can kick it again rinse and repeat. Um, you can have, you can dodge the bacon by letting, by jumping up onto a ledge on the left-hand side and letting the bacon run free. However, this takes forever for the, for the, for the boss to come back to be able to hit it again. Once you've defeated the Baconator, you'll get a little, little jingle again saying that you defeated the stage and we move on to stage three, which arguably is probably the best stage in the game and it is the ocean. So as, you're, as you load in Stage 3, you are greeted with basically just water. You have a very small platform that you start off on as normal Yakupoo. And what you're going to do is you're just going to dive right into the water, hit down B, you're going to turn into a fish, and you're just going to swim all the way to the right until you see it opening to the top. And as you swim up, there's going to be a little like, kind of like a Lost City of Atlantis style, like columns. You're going to swim left through them. Then as you get to the left here and jump up onto a, onto a platform, press up B to get into normal Yakupoo mode and basically do some basic platforming. From here, though, there's a little trick. So once you get up to the next screen, you're going to see these enemies that are walking on the ground or walking on the ceiling. If you jump kick to that platform that they are on, They will almost always, 95% of the time, always either go from the floor to the ceiling or the ceiling to the floor. This is helpful because when they are going, when they're in the transition of going from floor to ceiling, you can actually be hurt during that process. So it is helpful to know that if you jump kick, you can kind of manipulate what that enemy is about to do. So as you go up to the next screen and start heading left, you're going to come across your first mid-boss of the game. This mid-boss is a giant clam, and that the farther away you are from it, the more pearls it's going to shoot at you. So the name of the game for this one is you want to just like run in and kick it while it's while the clam is open. Back off a little bit, and as the clam starts to open again, run in and kick it. Rinse and repeat three or four kicks, the clam shell comes off and the oyster starts to jump around. As oysters jump around, the oyster just takes one kick, and the oyster is toast, and then the floor below you will fall away, and you'll tumble into some more water. As you progress left of the screen and go up, you'll be presented kind of two paths. You can go bottom or top. So if you go bottom, there's a health refill down there. Just be careful, there are a lot of spikes. Uh, the way to go is up, and as you keep going up, you're going to notice that there's a little bit of a wind current that starts to happen. As you make your way all the way up and jump to the right side of the screen and start making your way right, you're going to notice that Yakupoo is walking exceptionally slow. However, in this segment, the grass animation and the sprite animation is absolutely fantastic uh, as you make your way through this. It is exceptionally slow, and to speed this up, what you can do is before you enter the grassy screen... You can turn into flight mode and fly over this entire grassy segment. If you fly high enough, Yakupu will not be impacted by the wind gusts. However, if you go, if you fly too low during the wind during the wind segment, you will be pushed back all the way to where you started. So as you get through the grassy segment, where you get to see an adorable otter and a super cute cow, you get to go and fight Grimace. Uh, Grimace is kind of a pain. Uh, as you fall down, you kinda wanna you kinda wanna hold right and kinda wanna like fall against Grimace and kick him as you land. Uh, what this will do is that this will activate Grimace's shoot phase. And as Grimace is shooting, just kind of mash the kick. And once Grimace is hit again, this will activate Grimace's jumping phase, where Grimace will just jump around like a jerk. Kick him again, it'll activate Grimace's shoot phase one last time kick grimace again and grimace will go away forever. you'll get a nice little victory jingle and we move on to stage four. Stage four is what I call candy land. Uh, the stage is made the platforms are made up of frosted cakes. there are hard candies wrapped up walking around at you. there are it is there's cupcakes walking around. it is it is the land of candy land of sweets. Uh, but again a very basic uh, stage in the first opening stage most people are either gonna jump jump over the ledges either that or just go into fly mode and fly over the stage there are only three enemies in the opening stage and these enemies are completely harmless uh, as you fly up you're gonna do some step jumping and then you're gonna fly over another enemy this guy looks like a little joker on a little on a, a balance or it looks like a little jester, like running on a ball, basically. Kind of cute, but again, harmless. Uh, then we're going to fall down a, a chasm again, and we're going to end up basically like in the middle of this like candy factory, uh, which is where like some of the uniqueness of this stage actually comes into play now. So as you make your way left after falling down the giant chasm, uh, you're going to jump over this walking cupcake and make your way down. And here you have a little slope with like a, a bag that's shooting gumballs out. And the gumballs will hurt you if they hit you. Uh, you can kick the gumball bag to make it disappear. And then when you jump up, there's going to be two enemies that you're going to have to not interact with, but just kind of just jump over. Uh, they kind of look like little aliens. But this is a conveyor belt section. So we have a conveyor belt that we got to be a little bit careful of. So as we jump on this conveyor belt, it's going to push us right. And as we get pushed right, we're going to fall down a hole. So there's a trick here. If you hold left while falling down, or hold right—sorry—if you hold right while falling down this hole, you're gonna go into this little like cubby that has a nut in it. And once you get it, it's gonna give you a tail whip ability. And once you get the tail whip ability, you're gonna fall down again. And you're gonna fight. A guy. Come come across. I guess kind of like another mini boss. This mini boss can't hurt you at all. Uh, it's a big cupcake and a baby cupcake. Basically, what you're going to do is yeah, you're going to kill the baby cupcake first because the baby cupcake doesn't defend itself. Then what you're going to do is that you're going to tail whip the big cupcake, move away from it so it opens up, walk to it, tail whip it, walk away from it, tail, and then go back and tail whip it again, just like what you did with the clam. After three or four hits, that cupcake will fall off the screen, and you'll be able to progress more to the right. Now, if you still have your tail whip ability... You can keep going right and grab the next nut that you see on screen, and this will turn you into basically Goku uh this turns you into super Yakupoo, where it grants you these giant legs and lets you shoot a spear bomb um, out of your imaginary mouth uh but as we progress to this section, we are now introduced to ice physics uh I don't <laughs> where I don't know where the ice came from, maybe we're in the freezer now. But we're introduced to ice physics. And as we as you as you walk across the ice, you'll notice that Yakapu has a lot of traction problems. If you face the opposite way and shoot, you can use the shoot momentum to slide Yakapu across the ice. Um, as you go across the right screen two times and have to start climbing up, uh, you'll notice that you'll get into a boss fight. Now this boss fight here, if you still have super Yakupoo, Yakapu can kill the boss in one hit. However, if you don't if you don't have Super Yakupoo, if you're just normal Yakupoo going into the fight, uh, the fight is pretty basic. Uh, the enemy will go to one side, shoot at you. You kind of just avoid the shots, kick it, rinse and repeat. Once you defeated the stage, you go into what is now the final stage, which is the castle. Um, as mentioned, this is the final stage, and this la- and basically to start. There are no enemies on the stage at all. Uh, Instead, you will encounter butterflies and blooming flowers. However, if you do touch them in flight form, you will lose control and fall down to the ground. Um, So as you fly over the segment towards the right, all you're going to see is butterflies and blooming flowers. You start to go down and then keep going right again, and you're just going to keep seeing butterflies and blooming flowers. Now, once you get all the way to the right into the brick wall, you climb up to the next segment. Here's where this level gets a little interesting now. So we have two ways that we can go from here. We can take the top path, or we can take a bottom path. So if we take the top path, what's going to happen is that we're going to progress and keep going up and right. And we're going to encounter a very, very difficult mid-boss um, that will... More times than not, probably kill you. Um, or, if we take the bottom path by standing on some fall-away floor bricks, which are very, very... You can tell what they are. You'll fall into some water, and turn it into a fish yakapoo, and then just go right... Or no, go left, then go up in the water, and then go back to normal yakapoo and walk your way right... As you keep walking your way right, you're going to come across basically what looks like a guard dog. The guard dog ain't going to do anything to you. Go into flight form and fly up the steps. And then go up to the next scene. Now this next scene here, you're going to get attacked by a a rabbit thing with the umbrella. The exact same enemy that you saw in stage 1. There's a fun fact here. You can farm unlimited amount of lives off of this guy. So if you kill him... It'll drop a plant, you collect it, and if you fall down and go back up into that screen again, that enemy will respawn and you can just keep killing them for unlimited amount of 1-ups. Once you've killed him and you want to progress, you turn into flight mode and at the very top middle you'll see an opening. You want to aim yakapoo for that because there's going to be some steps there. And then once you go onto there and start heading right, you're going to see some... some Pieces of machinery drop onto a conveyor belt. Place Yakapu in between one of the, you know, between two of the machine pieces. And then as you slide into the next scene, jump on top of the, jump on top of the computer piece, machine piece, and jump up onto the ledge. As you keep going up into the scene, you're going to start making your way right. I would recommend going into flight mode so you can fly over basically what it looks like a Star Wars scene. As you keep making your way right, you're going to come across the final approach of the game, uh, which is a small little opening you're going to turn into normal Yakapu. And as you walk in, there's going to be two gerbils stacked on top of each other, dressed as the elder who you're trying to save. And as the fight starts, the gerbils throw the jacket off, and then two gerbils fly out from behind the jacket. Um, what you want to do is that one gerbil will kind of stay out of the fight while you fight the other gerbil. Kind of what you want to do is kick, jump, kick, jump, kick, jump, and after three kicks, one of the gerbils will die. Turn around and do the same thing to the next gerbil. The next gerbil will die, and the floor will fall out. And here you're presented with phase two of the fight. So the final boss fight of this game is three phases, and if you die during any of the phases, you have to start the entire fight, final fight over again. Once we get into phase two, we go against evil Pikachu, and this is by far the hardest encounter in the game. Evil Pikachu takes, I think, five or six hits to actually take down. Uh, luckily, they do give you a health power up through this to help boost your boost your health a little bit. But if you're not careful, you'll lose it very fast. Uh, Evil Pikachu kind of gives you two free hits, and then after the two free hits, Evil Pikachu is going to start missile drop kicking at you. This is when the fight gets really, really tough because it's hard to hit Evil Pikachu while they're drop kicking. If you can manage to get two hits off while Evil Pikachu is drop kicking, Evil Pikachu is now going to start to jab at you with its ears. It's going to bend down and extend its ears and try and stab you. What you want to do is kick and jump when the ears are coming out. When you land, just kick again. One or two more hits during that phase, Evil Pikachu is toast, and the floor will fall off from underneath you again. As you enter Phase 3, you're going to encounter a... Somewhat of a cinematic. Which is actually really cool. Yakupu's ears start to flap in the wind. And all this wind starts to come out of nowhere. Then this rising robot comes from the ground. And this robot what it's going to do. Is that it's going to punch at you. And shoot some seeking bubbles at you. A trick to this is. Is when you fight the robot. It takes four hits to kill it. And if you jump. But stay in the lower half of the boss. The boss will only punch at you. However, if you jump in the upper half of the boss's hitbox, the boss will start to shoot seeking bubbles at you. Uh, So if you're looking for an easy fight, take little jumps to stay in the lower half of the hitbox whenever it swings at you and just keep kicking. Once you've defeated the the end boss, the robot man, you get uh, the flower drops. You pick up the flower... The old man, your grandfather appears, you save the old man, and then basically you appear in front of the castle with your grandfather and the flower, and then roll credits. So throughout 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 this game, the game the game is actually really hard to criticize because it, it, it is a very well done Game, However, a lot of us consider it more of a tech demo. Uh, The biggest problem that Plague's Trip Road is that it can hardly be labeled a game, simply because there just isn't that much gameplay. Um, The levels, although gorgeous with a killer soundtrack, are either barren with no enemies to interact with, Or you are met with some of the friendliest enemies in video game history where you can walk up to them, snuggle, give them a hug, and they will not attack you. You can kick them and kill them and do whatever you want with them, but they will not attack back. They're the most pacifist enemies you will encounter. Um, The only time you'll get hit by an enemy is if it's either by pure luck or that you literally just stood there like walking against the enemy for 30 seconds before it finally did something to hurt you. Um, but where the game does get put down bad, it does somewhat make f- make up for it in true Sunsoft fashion, with its graphics and audio, because Sunsoft is known for its killer soundtracks. Uh, playing this game, however, will take you probably a little under 30 minutes to complete. Uh, many people, fun facts, so many people have tried to make a connection between Trip World and Mr. Gimmick. Uh, I assure you there is no such connection at all. The reason some of these people try and make this connection between Trip World and Mr. Gimmick is that some of the enemies that appear in Trip World have odd similarities to those enemies in Mr. Gimmick. Um, However, there is no connection between the two, and if you do want to make a connection between the two, you are stretching pretty hard, in my opinion. Um... Bizarrely enough, the, sprite, the sprites of Yakapo were also found in a Famicom Disk System development disk belonging to Sunsoft. Uh, so a little bit more trivia uh, from LostLevels.org. As stated by Scribe, um, the Famicom Disk System images came from a set of 19 dev disks that uh, DreamTR obtained from Sunsoft a few years back. Uh, they were dumped by uh RBU R, 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 R Bud Rick. Yeah, R Bud Rick. Uh who worked to get some pretty good copies of this thing. Uh copying Famicom Disc System Disc isn't super super easy. It takes some finagling and some some creative in in uh engineering to make some things work. Uh, but although 19 discs, some of them had de- identical files and some of them were just blank, so they had they had to weed out quite a bit of stuff going through. Uh, but interesting enough that Yakapoo sprites were found on Famicom Disk System uh, discs. And although the Triple never received a sequel, Yakapoo does make another appearance in, a, in another Sunsoft game called Galaxy Fight, which is a 2D fighter game for the Neo Geo that came out in 1995 so there's some fun facts uh we're gonna take another quick break when i come back i'll give you some history of my thoughts on trip world and my history of trip world and uh some cool little marathons that are coming up so yeah stay tuned Welcome back, everybody. So, some history about this game for me. Um, I actually didn't know this game existed until I started Game Boy Adventure. So, the, the Game Boy Challenge that I've been uh, poking at for the last few years. I didn't know this game existed until then. And the only reason I knew it existed was because Nacho this the world record holder of the game, came into my chat and asked me about it. And I didn't know anything about it at the time, so I... Loaded up on the EverDrive and checked it out, and I was like, "Oh wow, this is a pretty cool game." And I did, I only played like the, the first level of it, and I kind of put it down. And then when I brought it up to Controller Head and Mister True Shade, I was like, "Hey, have y'all heard of Trip World?" And Controllerhead's like, "Yes, it's a it's a really cool game." And True Shade was like, "Yeah, really 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 good game." And I was like, "Okay, so I'm gonna go blind play it now." So I'm going to go blindly play Trip World for the first time in, like, 2016. And I play it and beat it. I beat it in, like, 15 minutes. And I thought I did something wrong because I beat the game so fast. And I, I wasn't satisfied. I didn't feel a sense of satisfaction. It's like, I wasn't satisfied beating the game because it was so short and so easy. Um... So I I ended up asking controller head and true shit, I was like is this game supposed to be this short they're like yeah 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 it's a very short game but it's it's good I'm like I'm like oh, I'm like I don't know and honestly like casual like as I casually play Trip world the only time I have fun with Trip World is when I'm play, if I'm interacting with the enemies like kicking them into water or like jumping on them and like going into fish mode on top of them like I'm the, like, interacting with the enemies to see like how the AI reacts to me is when I have fun with casually that game, but honestly, the most fun I have with Trip World is when I'm speedrunning it. The speedrun for Trip World is so, so technical uh and so movement heavy that it makes for an incredible speedrun. Um So as I learned to speedrun it, you know, I got the I got a sub- sub-10, sub-9, then a sub-8. Um I was able to showcase it finally this year at Retrothon for the first time uh, that I've ever ran it at a marathon. I've commentated it a bunch of times though. So it was it felt good to finally get a get a chance to run it. Um And then yeah, every time someone asks me like, hey, like what's a what's a, what's a quick Game Boy game that I should play, I'm like Trip World. Like it's literally like a 15-minute game. Now if you're looking for an easy game to speedrun I honestly wouldn't say triple is an easy speed run. It's an easy speed run in the sense that like you're not gonna get hurt in any of the stages like you're not in fear of game overing in any of the stages but it's a very hard speed run because of all of the move movement tech that you have to understand and get through to just have a good time um, it's a it's a tough it's a tough game to just learn right out of the box so. Uh, that's basically my history with Trip World. Uh, I, I, like I said, I, I played it back in 2016. I started speedrunning it, I think, in 2016 or 2017. And it's still one of my, it's still one of my games that I submit or that I will randomly pop on a stream one day and speedrun. Uh, it's definitely a game that I, I haven't given up on. it's, it's a game that kind of just sits dormant in my muscle memory at this point. So... <laughs> Um, yeah, so with Marathon's coming up So we just we just got done with Summer Games Done Quick 2021 um, Other things we have coming up We have Game Goyles coming up here Alright, we have Game Goyles coming up on July 23rd uh, The schedule is out So definitely give that a check out uh, Game Boy Block starts up on the, the 24th Which is Saturday morning uh, Null Sprite will be running Donkey Kong 94. Moila will be running Darkwing Duck again. I will be running Little Mermaid and Shack Fu uh, and Slash Infity will be running Super Mario Land 2, 6 Golden Coins. And Knuckles will be running Wario Land 2. It's a, it's a pretty killer Game Boy Block because you know Shack Fu's in it. So that's uh, what you gotta do sometimes. Uh, on top of that our friends over at Retro Gaming Live TV have a few things coming out so the weekend that this episode gets launched they will have something called Turbo Fest which starts on July 16th it is a I believe a weekend long marathon of nothing but TurboGrafx 16 games amazing super super cool to see that Um, Outside of that, we have Midwest Speedfest is coming up. I don't remember what dates Midwest Speedfest was, but you can definitely check on Twitter to see when those are happening. And then, of course, we have the Tiny Ten reveal coming up in October and the actual race in November. Dates to be announced and games to be announced. You just wait. Um... Oh, and if you're into Ninja Gaiden, our friends again at Retro Gaming Life TV is hosting a uh, a um, knockout tournament for Ninja Gaiden One, I believe. Uh, so, if you're interested, get a get a hold of someone from RGL or check out RGL's Twitter to see how you can sign up for that tournament. Other than that, that is all I know about marathons coming up. I'm sure there are about a bajillion more marathons that I'm missing or don't know about, simply because everything is online and marathon-based nowadays because we are approaching post-pandemic. Things will probably honestly start to get a little bit more normalized come 2022, I'm hoping, and we can start doing in-person events again, which I'm super, super excited for. Uh, With that, we're going to take another quick break, and you know what's coming up after that. Stay tuned. Alright, welcome back everybody. We I try, try to make sure to hit the three bangers in Trip World so people don't get mad. I figured people were like, where is World 3's music? That is the best song in the game. And I would argue that the staff role is the best song in the game. But World 3 music is good. <laughs> so with that, uh, closing statements because that's what we do. I'm eBloodyCandy. You can find me on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. I think that's it. Uh, Just at eBloodyCandy. You can find my second half, MOLA, M-O-E-L-L-E-U-H, or M-O-E-L-L-E sometimes, on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Plugging that for you, bud. Then our fantastic... Producer Legs, you can find her at Legs on YouTube, Sprinty Legs on the Twitch and Twitters, and her project website SprintyLegs.com. On top of all this, if you wish to support the podcast in any way possible, um, you can do so with Patreon, where it's a subscription-based thing. I, you all know how Patreon works. You, You guys can become a patron. Uh, of the podcast where you get a special role in our discord and access to some behind the scenes things, uh, on top of some other perks as well. Uh, once we hit $20 a month, just in patrons, uh, Mo and I will actually start live streaming our episodes. So that means I actually have to start showering in the morning to, uh, look presentable. (laughs) Um, if subscription-based things aren't your thing, because everything in the world is subscription-based now, and you just want to do a one-timer. Uh, we also have a PayPal. Uh, you can shoot it over to PayPal. The only the only big issue with PayPal is that we can't connect Discord to PayPal, so you don't get us. You won't get a role automatically. If you do use PayPal to support us, please, please, please let one of the three of us know, so we can give you a role and get you access to some things. Um, for the PayPal support, um, we 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 want to thank you. Also, another way that you can support the the podcast is we have a store out now. It only took Mo a thousand years to do it, so blame him. Uh, I I even had to help him. The man the man would be lost without me. All right, that's all I'm saying. But we have a merch store now. You guys, can get, or guys, gals, can get yourself uh, a coffee cup, which is actually pretty lit. I have, I have one that I use for water during recording. Uh, and we got some limited edition shirts out right now so until the end of July. Their shirts are pretty comfy. I, I ain't gonna lie. I'm a big dude. All right, I am. I'm six uh, I'm one. A, I'm, a, I'm. 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 I'm a built fellow. So uh the extra tall shirts are nice if that's the American size. Um the cloth is comfy and quality. Uh typically it's a Hanes or a Gildan shirt if you know those brands. And yeah, they I've already washed them twice and they haven't shrunk, so that's good. And then once this month is over, a normalized This Is Game Boy shirt will pop up without the little limited edition cart. Uh if money's not your thing, like if you're just like, you know what, like you guys are cool, but I kind of don't want to spend money, not a problem at all. Just listening to us is more than enough support. Uh, without you listening, there's no reason to have a podcast, right? Um, if, there, if you are listening to the podcast and there is a way to rate the podcast, though, you can just click the five stars, type in... That EBC guy is probably the best host that this is Game Boy has to offer. Uh, The Mo guy just needs so much help from EBC. And legs is just, legs is what makes him sound just so good. Go ahead and type that in five star rating. And the more ratings that we get, especially five star ratings, the more we show up higher, higher up on, especially the video game podcast list. So that also supports us hugely. And also, thank you for all the five stars that I'm gonna get on this episode. <laughs> all episodes of This Is Game Boy is now up on the This Is Game Boy YouTube channel. So if this is if SoundCloud, Apple Music, Google, whatever, whatever other RSS podcast things are out there, if YouTube is more your thing, fear not, all every episode is up on YouTube along with a small snippet of a playthrough from either Mo or myself. Um, also, going back to the merch thing, uh, you can find our merch at I, I, I think it's merch.thisisgameboy.com. I, I think. <laughs> Otherwise, you can find all of this information on this is gameboy.com it'll have links to the twitches the youtubes the soundclouds the merch shop the everything uh, just just go there that that's the portal for everything um, so yeah uh, the next time you hear from me I will also be with with mo and we will be talking about basically the future and our thoughts of the podcast thus far so thank you all for listening i hope you enjoyed this episode of trip world and i will talk to you all very soon have a good day what a Boston cream is, look it up on Google.